if you want to be informed and you want to learn, please log on to SME Podcast with Ken. Thank you. <laughs> you are now listening to the next great small business podcast. Welcome to the SME Stories Podcast, where it is all about small businesses in Canada. And here's your host, Ken Alfred. Hey everybody, thanks for downloading the show. We got a great episode today with Arthur Augustine. Now, Arthur Augustine actually owns a barber shop here based in South Ajax called Arthur's Barber and Beauty Salon. So we're not going to be talking just about the barber shop industry today. But we're actually going to be talking about the municipal election here in Ajax, Ontario. Arthur is actually running for the mayor of Ajax. So we're going to be talking about his platform and uh, what does he plan to do? Should he be elected mayor and all these different things? So a little bit about Arthur. Like I mentioned before, he's been running his business of Arthur's Barbershop and Beauty Design for well over 35 years. Uh, he's been a main staple here in Ajax. Now, so what his platform is to become mayor actually is run on five different points, right? So the the points that he's going to be looking to do is no new property taxes increases within his first term should he be elected as mayor. They want to, he also wants to work on reducing the wait time for affordable housing. He also wants to make sure that we have enough shelter and provide housing for the homeless community here in the city of Ajax, and he wants to make sure he provides more support, empathy, and opportunity for growth. And as well as part of his five-point platform, he wants to provide better marketing strategies to attract more businesses to Ajax. Uh, his environmental views is that he wants to invest in preserving our green belt while adopting infrastructure that promotes positive climate change. Uh, so that, we're going to have a lot of different topics that we're going to be talking with Arthur today. And I, I know you're going to learn a lot. We're going to talk about the barbershop industry, but also about municipal politics, what it's going to take to become mayor, should he be elected mayor, how he's going to run it. And how is he going to be addressing those points that he has? Uh, so I think it's going to be a very interesting episode today. So sit back and absorb. So, all right, guys, we have Arthur Augustine, the owner of Arthur's Barbershop and Beauty Salon, but also the ne- potentially the next mayor of Ajax. Arthur, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very good. I will thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. I'm glad to get into it. So, uh, so Arthur. Let's let's tell the listeners just a little bit about your story. So, what's your story? Okay, I migrated from Trinidad in uh, in the early seventies. Of course, you know we migrated to come to Canada to get a better life. So, I know in order to achieve that objective, I had to work very very hard. Uh, I studied uh, forensic psychology at York University, and that was great for me. I started teaching and started doing facilitating all over, uh, basically, Ontario. Um, while I was in university, I needed to secure employment, stable employment. So what I did, I started learning power and beauty technology. And um, shortly thereafter, I opened my own beauty salon. At the time, everything was happening in Scarborough. Ajax was considered a dead community. Or like in the countryside or something, yeah, right? Yeah, like comes in the off. countryside. <laughs> so while I was doing teaching in a, at a high school, Cordella High School, I decided, you know what? Let me try something entrepreneurial. All the, all the ethnic barbershops was in Toronto and Scarborough. Ajax at the time was considered, as we said, urban and, and country and farmers and stuff like that. But Pickering had started to show development. So after deciding, you know what? Let me try Dural region. 
And in 1985, I took a board move and I opened my beauty salon in Pickering because at Nafati was growing. Everybody was moving out to Pickering. Business was good. Business was booming. Business was booming so well that I decided to put aside teaching and continue with my beauty salon business as a young entrepreneur. Wow, that, that's really cool, Arthur, because if you think about it, most people think, okay, I got that quote-unquote steady job, getting yeah. the nine-to-five, working as, like you said, in this case, a teacher, and the fact that you're, you were able to grow your business to the point that the business was actually making more than, than your stable paycheck, right? So you're like, okay, well, might as well just go where the money is in this case, right? Yeah, but the thing, though, I was making more money as yeah. a young entrepreneur yeah. than I did as a teacher. Yeah, I was my own, I was my own boss. I could have started my work when I want. Yeah. As the great thing about it, I had my own employees also. So that yeah. for me was a boost in my ego and my confidence. Uh, as a teacher, although I enjoyed it, I felt like I was somewhat back in university because I had to prepare work for teaching the day after, and I had to correct papers, and I felt like I was in university. So I continue with my beauty salon business in Pickering, and things were going well. But I've always believed in advancement. I always believe in aiming high. So I've decided, you know what? While I'm controlling my business, at that time I created a staff of seven barbers, five, five barbers and two hairdressers, and things was great. So I decided, you know what? I'll go back to school. I went back to York University. And I studied forensic psychology and I got a master's degree in forensic psychology. Wow. Then having my beauty salon running, things were going very good. At that time, Ajax started to develop. People was now moving not only to Pickering, but they were also moving to Ajax. So I watched how things were progressing in Ajax and I decided, you know what? Maybe I should open a beauty salon in Ajax. Because that time, the ethnic population was also breeding wool jocks. Um, my beauty salon in Ajax. And it's been uphill ever since. I have um, enjoyed it. But again, like I said before, I always believed in human high. So I went back again to university and I started um, from, from the beautiful thing about being a barber. And I would say, this is something all politicians should pursue is that they should spend, in my opinion, two years in, in, in the barber industry because as the proprietor of the barber industry and the barber shop, people will come to me and they will talk about their, talk, their complaints, talk about their mm -hmm. life. They will discuss their jobs. They will discuss matters pertaining to, to police. Everything. We we met everyone. We met the we met the good guys, we met the bad guys, we, we met the, the judges, the doctors, the lawyers. Everybody come to the beauty salon to get themselves beautified. So it, it was it yeah. was a joy. I enjoyed talking to people and I've learned from all these different people. You heard you hear stories from the good, the bad, the upper class, the lower class, everybody explain to you their daily life and their daily situation. 
Yeah, I mean, it's almost like you're like a therapist, almost, right, Arthur? Like, yes, you're just, very much. They're telling you all the stuff that's going on with them, what's bothering them, what things are going well. And from some, for a lot of barbers, they might just be like, okay, yeah, sure, no problem. But the fact that you're actually there, you're, you you actually care, you want to hear what's there going is, on, and you say you start to see a trend soon, no. soon after that, right? There was something when people sit in the barber shop or the barber chair, they just tell you about your life, and that. And really aroused my curiosity. At that time, there was a uh, social conflict and gang affiliation now happening between the different schools in the, in the Dura region. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to call the name of those schools, but for now, I will not call the names of the schools. But um, uh, there was conflict. There was conflict with one school in Vicar and conflict with school in Ajax. The weird thing about it, or the good thing about it, most of the conflicts were settled in the barbershop. We would have people from, from, from Pickering and people from Egypt meet in the barbershop and I would mediate between those two groups. Try, oh, wow. to, try to make peace and try to resolve conflict. And that was a major part of my turning in from barbary to something else from forensic psychology and being a forensic psychologist, I enjoy speaking to people. So with that in mind, and people explaining their life and their court matters and stuff, I decided to pursue mediation. And that's mm -hmm. when, again, I went back to York University, and I started uh, studying mediation and negotiation. And presently, that's where I work right now with the Ontario Court of Justice as a mediator and a negotiator. And... Um, those entrepreneurial skills has, uh, has gotten me where I am today. It has given me the ability to understand everyday life, to understand what every class of individual goes through. We all, regardless of our social status, have issues that we usually want to speak to someone about. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the things that I specialize in as a mediator is uh, family issues, marriage, marriage breakup, uh, separation agreements, child custody. And I have, have gained so much from studying this, is, these issues that I think it has, it has built my whole life in a different direction. It makes me more sympathetic to people. It makes me more understanding. Why people will do what they do? What's going on? Sometimes you see an individual, they look perfectly fine, but they're having so much problems with their marriage. They're having so much problems with issues with the core. They're having so much problems with their friends. So life is constantly, constantly born uh, of confusion for some people. And um, I enjoyed it. So, yeah, I mean, Sorry, let me cut you off there, but like, uh, maybe I'll ask you this before we get into your, like, uh, what triggered you going into becoming, wanting to become mayor is, so how do you do it, Arthur? Because I think, you're, like you said, you're hearing a lot of different, like, especially a lot of the serious issues and a lot of the most uncomfortable issues that most people generally don't like to talk about, right? Because I think for a lot of people, they want to keep everything in because they don't want to give off that, I need help, I'm, I'm just having trouble. So how do you, like, stay level and not get stressed out to the point of, you know, because if you hear enough 
sadness or despair in, in, in from a lot of people, I'm sure it could easily depress almost anybody, even the most positive person, because you're like, wow, all these people are coming to me. There are so many problems. What, you know, and you can, you're, you're doing what you can to try to help them. So how do you manage to, to keep that so that uh, you don't fall into the trap of just getting, you know, depressed and sad, like when you're hearing some of these stories? I believe my, my training in psychology has afforded me that, that flexibility. I know how to separate uh, myself, although some of the issues are so heartbreaking. Uh, I, yeah. I've learned to develop mechanisms and techniques to not get drawn in or to take people's uh, issues and make it my own. As a matter right, of fact, right? I have learned from people's issues how to solve my own situation and my own life. Oftentimes, conflict is originally a simple misunderstanding, a perception. Someone says something, you perceive it in your way that can cause conflict, a misunderstanding. Oftentimes, a simple, I am sorry, is always required to, help, to, to, to solve a, a situation. And these are the kind of things that I've learned from my uh, psychology courses and from dealing with people. I said, just simply say that you're sorry. An apology, right? Write on the term apology. Let them know that this has affected you also and just simply apologize. I believe you can, um, this has worked in a lot of cases. Just a simple yeah. apology. Acknowledge the individual that you are aware what you have done has disrupted your, your, your moods and apologize. And well, yeah, that, that's what's really cool. Yeah, that, that's what's really cool. Like I know for like I know for my personal situation when when my wife Mrs. K and I get into an argument or anything, you know, I, we always used to have this thing where it would be like a monthly session where like monthly where if we did upset each other, we call it our I'll say this a. Uh, our, our beep session where we, we say, okay, so this happened and all that sort of stuff. Because sometimes, sometimes people understand too that in the heat of the moment, sometimes you, you need to kind of step away because you obviously that's when the things can get worse and you accidentally say things you, you shouldn't, you didn't mean. And it just escalates right there. Sometimes going back to your separate corners, cooling off. And then when you have like a level head, you get together. Although the problem though, Arthur, is that sometimes when she decides to want to, let's do our monthly beep session where we talk about you know, they did something that we got upset about. It usually happens as we're getting ready for, as we're in bed, getting ready to sleep for a next day. Yeah. So I, I joke about this where, you know, you can feel the tension in the bed. You feel like, okay, are you okay? I think, I think we're ready to talk. And then she wants to talk about it right as I'm like getting ready to drift to sleep, but it, it works. We don't think, thank God that monthly thing. We have a small business story to share. The SME Stories podcast is looking for entrepreneurs to share their tales of success, failure, and everything. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or know someone would be a great fit, please contact us at Northway Capital Group at gmail.com. That's Northway Capital Group at gmail.com. Turns into now maybe a semi-annual thing. So we we learn to try to be more upfront about it and can and really try to step into it before it gets to the point where you know, it gets really bad and, you know, there's shouting matches and all that. And thankfully, we never gotten to that point. But, yeah. And I'll make this last point here before we even get into the, what triggered to become potentially the next, next mayor is, like, it's interesting when you said you used your barbershop as almost like a parlay between yeah. two rival schools. Now, the funny thing is, I mean, sometimes if you say, okay, we're going to, when you, when you said, oh, we're going to settle it in the barbershop, I'm thinking, 
what do you mean settle in the barbershop? There's all these sharp weapons going on. I don't know, you know, with the scissors and everything. I'm like, I hope that that's, and he's like, no, we're going to mediate. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. And they had to abide by that uh, thing. Like you were kind of like the person in charge that, you know, we're, we're not here to, to throw punches. We're not here to get into any altercations. We're here to actually talk, yeah. hear both sides and understand what each side is coming from. And you were able to to mediate them. So then there was no, and I'm assuming from that point, there was really no more escalations and no, and no more, you know, retaliations between the groups, right? Yeah. This, as you've mentioned, this had led me to, I'm always a person doing research, this had led me to create uh, a mediation model. It's implemented now, it's now implemented in, in, in Scarborough or other area that I call street mediation. And street mediation is a mediation model that actually teaches people how to walk away from conflict. It's a model that we have used in the, I've also implemented it back in my country, Trinidad, how our street mediation actually teaching individuals and adults how to avoid conflict. And oftentimes the key component is to give up your rights to make peace. That is something I find a lot of people have an issue with, just to give up your right to make peace. And, um, Strict mediation has proven to be a very effective uh, mechanism for gang affiliation and people who are fighting against each other. Oftentimes, when you speak to someone why they are at war with another group, they can't even tell you. They don't know. Yeah. You know? So, strict mediation speaks of peer pressure. It speaks of how you, how you deal with the police officers in the street, how you present yourself in court, and teach someone how to be a what citizen and in, in the environment to which they remember when they came from. So um street yeah. has proven to be very effective. I think we should play more of that really, because I mean when you sometimes read the news where I always tell people if you want to be depressed, sometimes read the news, right? Because then you can just watch it or read it and there's always all these bad things going on in the world. And like you said, if you boil it all down, all these situations, whether it's robberies, whether it's murder, whether it's all the things, it could, it's a lot of it is due to almost like you said, that misunderstanding or that miscommunication where, like you said, if the, uh, simply all this person just said was sorry about it, I'm really yeah. sorry, then that could have de-escalated that so much. Because sometimes people just want to hear, feel validated that they know that you know, or they want you to feel what they felt during that particular moment. And if you shut them down, it just gets them more like, you're trying to shut me down. I'm trying to, you know, it just gets worse. So yeah. I think if we had more of that mediation, like you said, if people really understood that, there'd be less of this stuff that we hear. And then I, then I would watch more news and actually be, and hear more positive stories as opposed to the negative stories. Street mediation also includes road rage. We teach individuals, oh. we teach individuals how to not get drawn in into road rage. Every motorist thinks he's the best driver. That's a fact. Everyone thinks they're the best and everyone thinks that they're right. How to walk away from road trade into that? How not to, how to de-escalate situations with a, an individual you don't even know? You know, so street mediation in a way that stemmed from my, my, my barbershop experiences, my entrepreneurial skills, my forensic psychology, all of this have comprised to bring me where I am at today in life and why I pursue the thing that I pursue. Yeah, no, that, that's great. Because like, I, I like what your your, your story is, is really awesome, Arthur. Like, you you, you reach, achieve certain levels, like, I want to know about this. Go get educated. Apply yeah. it. Okay, good. 
now I want to know about this. Go get educated okay. and bring it back and apply it. <laughs> Which is, nowadays, some people I find, they might just go after the education without really knowing what they really want to do. But but it's just to have something there. To say, okay, well, I have you know this 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 thing over here that's a certificate here a diploma here like they, they just to populate their walls so they they're full of this but they don't they don't really apply it as much it's more like that you know back in high school when you would do like a like a calculus test you just do enough just to pass and you want to see nothing to do with that ever again but i like the fact that what you're going you're going after your interests and what you yeah. want to learn so so let me get to this next part here so now we're going to talk about your actual platform because i want to what what were the issues that triggered to make you want to, you've achieved all these great things. And you say, you know what? I want the top job in the city. So what was it that triggered you to want to go after being the mayor of Ajax? Well, to be quite honest with you, I've had, I've always been interested in, in making people happy. That has always been my goal. For example, being a, being a teacher, you know, in the academic fields, I had the opportunity of teaching kids, teaching them how to conduct themselves in life and teaching them how to live life so that later on they can be happy in life. That has been my goal as a teacher. Uh, being in the, in the beauty industry is make, beautifying people, making their hair look nice, making their face look nice, doing everything to make them happy again. Another interest of making people happy. Uh, cut trick as in the mediation that I've studied at York University. Conflict makes people sad. I wanted to be able to make people who are in conflict happy. So my studies in forensic psychology ask the question, why did this happen? How did it happen? Why did it happen? What could have been done? Again, intend that it will find the root cause of conflict, solve it, make people happy, make people so. All of my life, I've been interested in making people happy. Now, what has brought me to politics? As I said to you, I've been in Ajax and uh, Petroins for the last many years, last 30 years. The last four years is the worst I've seen for Ajax. The residents are unhappy, or most of the residents, I can't speak for every individual resident because there are those who may say, well, I'm not happy, I'm pleased with the current management. But most of the people that I speak to seem to have some kind of discontent. Uh, and their discontent stems from a variety of things that's happening in, 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 the, in here in the town of Ajax. So I've decided my goal is always to make people happy. My goal is always to help people live good and productive lives. What I should do is I should pursue the top job whereby I will have that opportunity in collaboration with the council and we can see how we can work Ajax in such a manner so as to make the residents or most of the residents feel welcome, feel happy. So I, I, I pursued this initiative with the intent and goal to make people happy. Now, how do you make people in an environment happy? You have to find out what's the root cause, acknowledge that a problem exists, and work on these problems. And um, this is why I have set on my platform, and I would go through, I have uh, five issues on my platform that I think as a 
basic premise of what has people in Egypt's northeast. And number one is increase in property taxes. Oh, yeah, that's so... <laughs> for the, the taxes last, are so high in Ajax. For the last four <laughs> years, every year, Ajax have had a tax increase. People are now walking away from their homes in Ajax or selling their home in Ajax and moving way out in order to... Our taxes here in Ajax are higher than the taxes in Toronto. We have basically the highest taxes yeah. in the dorm region. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, Arthur. And, and sorry, I'll, I'll make this story quick before you get back into your platform. I remember when I was doing some research for this thing, and you know, I was watching some various videos, and a lot of it was saying, "Okay, what are the main issues affecting Ajax?" And these are usually done by realtors, right? But they were just kind of talking about if you're going to move to Ajax, here's what you need to know. And the thing that caught there was one, there were two common things that I remember hearing. One, property taxes are high. Yep. That's all they, they look at that as the negative. And the second is transportation. But that, we'll talk about that in this in a second. Uh, but Property taxes, yeah, it's just really high here. I mean, Toronto is definitely cheaper, and some other areas are, are probably cheaper as well. So, what is it about Ajax that why are our taxes so high? Is it are we doing something? Are we mismanaging it, or are we like building like a spaceship or something here? What what's going on as to why our, our taxes are so high here? Hey, you. Do you need a voiceover? Well, look no farther. Northway Capital Group has your answer. Commercials and explainer videos, AVR and voicemail, health and wellness, corporate training and e-learning announcements documentaries and biography contact us on social media or email us at northwaycapitalgroup at gmail.com yeah yeah um our taxes are high for various reasons but i'll i'll just name a few number one we are losing everything to our closest neighbor pickering we've lost a casino we had a, oh, a, yeah. a i don't know the exact done amount but we had a good revenue coming in from the casino the casino is gone. None of the casino is gone. That's lost revenue. We have to subsidize it somehow. So the best way or the easiest way is to increase taxes, property taxes. So on that other things we have lost. Um tax is the only is the only municipality in the southern region. By that, I mean, uh, like, say, Ajax will be Oshawa, Clarendon. We are the only municipality that does not have a mall. I was going to ask you about that because yeah, we, we have, have Pickering mall. mall and we got an Oshawa Center Mall. Yeah, we have and a, a Wendy Mall. One. Pickering has a mall. Yeah, and, yeah. We don't have a mall. So, therefore, people who wants to shop has to go to either Toronto or the or Pickering, I said Pickering, like if I went to Oshawa Mall, why is that? Yeah. By having a mall, we bring in revenue into Ajax. Yeah, like I, I tell people who visit us that if you want to see plazas, yeah. then you'll see a lot in Ajax, yeah. right? A lot of big box plazas that yeah. you got to walk. And, and depending on the bad weather, sometimes we get here, it's going to be too hot or too cold that, you know, instead of walk, I guess the good thing about a mall is that it's, Temperature controlled, and you have you can freely walk around, and don't have to worry about the, the 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 weather until after you're ready to leave. Yeah. But if I want to go to let's say a Costco, and then I got a I got and then the other one is you know like 15 feet away, it's snowing. It's like okay, I'm not going to walk. I'm going to go back in my car, and then I'm going to oh, you know what? It's cold. I'm just going to go home. Yeah. And then they do, they don't even shop yeah. at these places because so, 
Business is an Ajax. I haven't a difficult time because people who basically live in Ajax, a lot of them, they go elsewhere to shop. So if we had a mall here in Ajax, I believe that will create more revenue for the for the town. Another thing that Ian that I have said uh, numerous times, we need to change the status of Ajax from a town to a city. We are referred to as a town. And 2000, uh, prior to 2000, Pickering was referred to as a town of Pickering. They have reached the status to be a city and they've changed the name from the town of Pickering to the city of Pickering. What that does does, I'll tell you, it attracts business investors. Businessmen are more likely to invest in a city as opposed to a town. Yeah, town make it sound smaller, right? Yeah, like town, it's just yeah. Some... we have reached the status to be that of a city, but for some reason, council has failed to upgrade our status to attract more businesses. So uh-huh. by so doing... And is it something is... Sorry, sorry, Arthur. So is it something simple to, to say, okay, let's call ourselves the city of Ajax because we re- whatever the whatever the threshold is, is it just something council just says, okay, we're going to call ourselves the city or do they have to file some type of motion with like the province or well, federal? I don't know how it works there. But the fact that we have reached the prerequisite to be a city is just a matter of council and the mayor making that motion and make it pass and let it happen. Mm-hmm. We can attract, we can attract more higher paying jobs right here in Ajax. Most people who live in Ajax do not work in Ajax. A lot of them travel to Toronto, they travel to Mississauga and beyond to sustain yeah. a good paying job. This makes like a commuter stop. city. It's a commuter city. Yeah, I agree. I think we we definitely need to bring in businesses here. And when I usually talk to, like, when I had politicians come by my door, you know, to say, now can I put your sign on your door? I always ask them, so what do you plan on trying to do to try to increase business here? Not to say we don't want the mom and pop shops to open. Of course, we have plenty of service and product places here. But if we want to have, like, a corporate headquarters to, let's say, uh, name, a, name a firm that has, like, a corporate office where there's a lot of people who go there to work in the office. We don't, I don't see very many of those. No. We have a lot of the, and I think if we can drive that, and if it's something as simple as upgrading our status to city, then they might say, oh, city of Ajax. Okay, it's around 120,000 people. Why do not do it? Why not we do that? We can then invest. Let's move our corporate office to there where we can take us and our two or three, 400 employees. And now we can make this like a, a commercial hub of where we can. Exactly. And that's, yeah. That's it. So even for entertainment, we don't even have a VIP cinema in Ajax. Pickering has a VIP cinema. We don't have one in Ajax. Why? Because I believe because the council, they've been in power for too long or they've been in office for too long and they've come cognizant. They actually don't care. They want to keep the status quo versus yeah, how we exactly. also are going to grow it. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Entertainment was another thing I remember reading about it and hearing about it, researching as well is because like if, if there's like shows you want to see, you're either going to go to Toronto or if it's in the Durham region, yeah. oh, we'll go to the Tribute Center, yeah. right? You're going to go somewhere there. We don't have anything in age. Like there, there might be some community centers that offer something, but it's not like to say, okay, what are we going to do? If you're in downtown Toronto, oh yeah, there's plenty of places to go. A lot of yeah. shows we can watch, but not exactly. in Ajax. For entertainment, we have to actually leave unless you're looking for some small clubs or some small place to hang out. But we have basically nothing. 
even for, again, the little entertainment we had, the casino, has gone to Pickering. Yeah. So we need, we need people in position who can negotiate with the different levels of government, like the provincial government or the federal government, to bring business back here into Ajax. We need that urgently. So reasons like those are one of the reasons why I, I am running for mayor of Egypt. We need to make Egypt a vibrant community. Um, another issue again, why I'm running, homelessness. Homelessness is actually the highest in, 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 our, in Ajax. Ashura has a high rate of homelessness, but Ajax, it's within the last four years, it has tripled. Yeah, down I Howard, heard about that. Down someone, Howard. Yeah, it's so like someone a, told me about we, we we had a tent city in South Ajax, and I was like, we did. Yeah, and then I was like, where? And there's like eighty plus tents, and I was like, yeah. there was eighty tents or more. I'm like, wow, how how is this happening? Uh, one of them from my studies, and I've, I've discussed this with um with other uh people from some the council, and um. The question is always asked, why has homelessness increased in Ajax? Most people will try to tell you, oh, because of COVID, my friends. COVID did not happen only in Ajax. COVID happened worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. Why did homelessness not increase in, 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 other, in other communities, like, say, like Pickering, or maybe like Whitney, or maybe like Tarleton? Why Ajax? And I've discovered Ajax has made the bylaw, and I can quote the bylaw for you. Bylaw number 115-2013. And in that bylaw, it states that you cannot have a rooming house or a boarding house in Ajax. In order to have that house, one has to acquire a license. The weird thing is that no license had ever been issued in Ajax to uh, have a boarding house. How would a boarding house help homelessness? A lot of the homeless people, some of them are mental health issues, no doubt. Some of them are, are, are drug issues, no doubt. But the great majority are people who have just fell on by blocks. I have interviewed a lot of homeless people. A lot of them, they're not drug addicts. A lot of them, they're not, they're not jump out of, of, of society. They just fell on bad luck. Maybe they've lost a job. Maybe they've lost a loved one. Or maybe just things didn't work out. Yeah, they made a bad investment or something exactly. where they just lost their life savings and now they have nothing to, to show for it. No. And so they, they go to it. So how many people have applied for like these Rome, these boarding houses? Because you said no license ever been, in, Several, been given. Has anyone ever not, applied? Not one license has been issued. So therefore... Oh. Any jobs, if you open a boarding house or a moving house, and I explain about the moving house shortly for you if we have time, is that the, um, the bylaw and the bylaw officers has threatened potential uh, boarding house owners that you will be charged $100,000 for breaking the law. Now, uh. people who are of very low income or who are on government assistance, ODSP or whatever it's called, cannot afford a one-bedroom apartment. A boarding house is a house that has maybe four or five rooms. The rent is very, very 
inexpensive. The Shemisim kitchen and the Shemisim bath. A lot of people would much prefer to live that kind of life, but if they're not allowed to rent a unit for that small cost, then they go on the streets and live. It's by law 2013-115. It's rescinded. Pull it back. As mayor, I will pull back that by law so that people can have born in houses and where they can help reduce the homelessness that we see here in age house. Um, so let me let me ask you this, Arthur. So before you get to your next point here, so how would you combat this? So let's say you land the job, you you repeal this particular bylaw, and you know there's because some of the politicians I spoke to now, not really the homeless, if they were they were talking more like development or something, where it's that whole NIMBY, not in my backyard, yeah. kind of thing, right? So if we decide, let's say we we actually get people to build these boarding homes, do you, how would you deal with conflict for, or the, the stigma that people had? Well. A boarding home would mean, like you said, it could be lack of education from most people to say why these people are homeless in the first place. You said it's not about the drug users or the all this sort of stuff. And how do you alleviate those fears from maybe residents where these, let's say, board houses might be built to say, no, it's not a, it's not the drug users that are coming in. It's like you said, people who are having bad luck and we want to give them a safe space versus being on our streets. So how do you combat that? Number Immun- one, you edited, you edited the residents. Now, your views are terrible, which I've heard quite often, and which is something because they're not in my backyard. But my friend, you cannot choose your neighbors. You cannot mm. decide who your neighbors <laughs> ought to be or should be. Your neighbor could be a doctor or could be a drug dealer. You, you can't decide. You cannot choose. So, therefore, this, this acronym, NY, NIMFU, whatever it's called, not in my backyard. Or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, you cannot control that. It is life. If you do not want to have Neighbors that you that you do not like them go live in the mountain. I mean, it's as simple as that. You cannot select your neighbors. You cannot determine. So this is something that I would work with the residents of Vijayat, uh, explain to them why this is necessary, and and try and create a, a harmony between those who believe not in my backyard and why shouldn't happen here because everyone has the right to dwell somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, again, it's better a home than on the street, yeah, right? Yeah. So, again, I can say you cannot choose, you cannot decide who your neighbors would be. So, if there's yeah, something so here, that. Let's hear the next. Let's hear the next few points here for your platform. I want to make sure we get through your platform so we can have the other questions for you, but I want to make sure we get through uh, your platform here. So I think you've listed off like three points on your platform so far. Were there two more that we're missing? Yeah. That you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Um, well, we have touched on this briefly, so I'm just going to mention it. Uh, and that is better marketing strategy to attract business to strengthen economic development. And that is what I was telling you why a lot of people who live in Egypt want of Egypt to uh, secure employment. Uh, recently, within the last two years, I believe, we had um, Amazon. Yes. And there are those who thought Amazon was a good investment. It is in some way. But Amazon is not solving the problem because most people who work at Amazon cannot even afford a basement apartment in Ajax. Uh, often, too, a lot of people that work in that Amazon don't even live in, in Ajax. So yeah, they're, they're doing like what we're doing, what most people here do, are doing. Mm-hmm. They come from other cities to come here just exactly. to work. So we need, They don't spend the money here, they, then they leave, yeah, go so back home. As we have touched on this before, we need better marketing strategies to bring good-paying jobs high-paying jobs. 
Like the people who study at uh, the, the university we have in Oshawa, like they, have, they will have to stay here and build here. We are suffering a great brain drain in Ajax because people oh, are running from the town because they cannot get good paid jobs. We need to bring them back in Ajax, keep them in Ajax by attracting more business-minded companies who would invest in high-paying jobs. It can be done in other cities like Toronto and Mississauga and as far as Kingston. We can do it here in Egypt. And as mayor, those will be the things that I'd be stressing on and moving on. Oh, excellent. Another, another one of my platforms I want to mention again because I know time is, is not too long. So um, is um, the Green Belt. The Green Belt, what is the Green Belt? Anybody, what is the Green Belt? The Green Belt is that area north whereby it's basically forested area. We have to protect the Green Belt. Right now, developers are trying to use the Green Belt to put on buildings. There are, there are laws in place currently that protects the Green Belt, but we need a mayor that is strong who will not be bent by by gratitudes and gifts from the developers at Erode or, or, or Inchout, the Green Belt. The Green Belt is very, very vital for the farmers. Right now, the farmers are suffering. So by destroying the Green Belt, we are basically running the farmers. And the farmers are the one who provide a lot of the, the stuff that we need here down in the south, the southern municipality. And by the southern municipalities, I mean Pickering, Ajax, with the Oshawa Clarenton. Um, Oxbridge and those areas are considered the, you know, the northern municipality. So we have to protect the green belt in order to secure our life down here. Also, by destroying the green belt or by eroding it and putting up buildings, we're creating massive flood in the south, in the south on the lake shore of, uh, of Durham region. So the green belt must be protected at all costs. Also, it also helps. Also helps. It also has an impact on climate change. And the world right now is big on climate change. I would like to see Egypt to be a leader in implementing mechanism that will contribute to proper climate change and not destroy our ozone. Because our ecosystem yeah. is it's important. We have to leave things for the next generation. And if we destroy these mechanisms, then we wipe everything for the next generation. Yeah, exactly. And I think what you brought up is a good point, like, because you're all about, you want to develop and bring businesses here, but you don't want to sacrifice it, our green belt just for that, right? Absolutely. So you're actually finding a, a good balance right. between, like, we got to get drive investment to here, build here, but we want to keep certain areas. Because if you take a look at a map in Toronto, because one of the, like I said, one of those videos I was watching about from realtors saying one of the pros of Ajax, a lot of green spaces in Ajax. If you take a look at a map of Toronto, the green spaces are just really eroded. Yep. Because everybody's there. Yeah. And the fact that you're there to fight to keep that we still have enough green space, but we still have enough room and justification to have business come here is, is pretty a good platform here. So yeah. let me ask you this then, Arthur, then. So you talked about how you would get into these things here, like how all the, all the different points of your platform. Now, now how is your relationship with the provincial and federal officials that should you land, uh, become mayor, like, how would you start working with them? Have you already started talking who the elected officials are in the province and representing Ajax in the federal government just to, you know, kind of see how you can get that synergy working so that when you want to start achieving these goals that you have, 
you know, a lot of people say, oh, everything gets stuck in red tape. Oh, there's all these different things. But how do you, uh, how would you work with the provincial and federal, go- federal government? On the federal level, I have a very good relationship with Mark Pallon, who is the uh, MP for Egypt. We, I have known him for years. I've supported him in very many ways. Um, you know, we have a very, very good uh, rapport. Um, I've discussed the idea of politics around and um, how, how, if I become mayor, when I become mayor, how we can work together to make Egypt livable and a lot lovable for the residents of Egypt. So I believe I have an excellent rapport with, uh, with, with Mark Holland. Um, I, I seem to be an excellent politician. Um, he, he loves Egypt. His policy for Egypt has been always, uh, he put Egypt before himself and I am basically like that. So with my good rapport that I have with, uh, the MP, I think it, it would speak volume for, for, for Egypt. Um, when coming to, to politics and, and dealing with the different levels of government, I have been nonpartisan. I don't care if you're a liberal and I don't care if you're conservative. I care for the betterment of Egypt. So, mm-hmm. uh, this brings me now to the MPP, which is one, uh, that is conservative. Uh, her and I, we worked together before. In, in political campaign, she was a trustee. And that time I ran for regional chair. And we have a, an, an excellent rapport. Um, she's a more incentive um, to come MPP. I believe our relationship has strengthened politically. So I believe with my connection that I have with her and my college connection that I have with the federal MP, I believe Ajax is only doomed for success. I, I can mm, see that's great. the good rapport, and I am an excellent negotiator. So I believe for Ajax, with me as the mayor, it's a win-win situation to everybody at home. No, that, that's great to hear then. So let, let, let's, let's play this scenario then, Arthur. You become mayor, and, so, and like and you mentioned previously before, you said some of the council that are, are currently elected, they might be just resting on their laurels and very complacent. So let's say you get the top job in, 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 as the mayor. Maybe some of these elected officials keep their seat. How will you kind of work with them and try to, you know, because obviously there's a certain number of seats that you have to work with. And the mayor has, I don't know if that thing from from Premier Ford saying that they're giving more mayors power to, you know, veto or to put things into law. I don't know if that affects Ajax. I, I don't know if that's been passed yet, but should you land it and you might have maybe one or two counters maybe that you might not agree with, like you want to try to get them to come to, to agree so we can start passing these things, start moving these things. How How is your relationship with the current city council members and how will you work with them to really achieve those 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 items that you have on your platform? As mayor, you'll be, you're actually, uh, you advise the council. Advise in the sense, you let them know what the situation that they are about to discuss. You cannot force your philosophy or your opinions on anyone. Everyone has a right to make their own decision or to control what their beliefs are. A strong mayor will give everyone an opportunity to voice their opinion and then cast a vote. A mayor only has one vote. But um, remember, the issues as of the, the position of the councillor is to work for his constituents. So as a mayor, I, I would work with everyone, respect everyone's views, and then we put whatever the issues are to a vote and have the council decide which is better for the town of Ajax. 
I am not a a a, a bully. I am not someone to coerce anyone to follow my views. I'm gonna tell you what my views are. You have the right to accept, reject, or deny. Uh, now, politics has a morality of its own. This is something I always tell people. So it doesn't matter whether you supported me or not. Once I became mayor, we all have a fair play drum, fair playing drum. I hold no grudge against anyone, whether you support me or not. As a matter of fact, even in my own household, sometimes you have people disagreeing with your view, but you have to work with them for the betterment of the household. So too, there yeah. with, with politics and being a mayor. I would work with whatever the council views are. I would respect everybody's opinion, everybody's views, and give everybody a fair and equitable choice and make it whatever decision we have to make. I will not be a very or an antagonist to anyone. Right. Yeah, no, that's great to hear because I think some people feel that if you're the bully mayor or you, all you do is push to get your way, that oh. might be the only term you're ever going to get. Right. I so know, I know, if, yeah. you, if you have a long term, like you have, might have two, three terms that you're looking to really develop Ajax into, if you want to burn bridges on day one, say, yep, it's my way or the highway, which it doesn't sound like that's your style, which is good to hear. Hey, do you need an error free website? Do you need transcriptions that's accurate and on time? Would you like to remove noise from your video or audio recording? Do you need a spokesperson for your business? If so, we can help. At Northway Capital Group, we are happy to announce that we are now providing website testing services, audio transcriptions, and audio cleanup, as well as spokesperson services. We would love to help you on your next project. Contact us for more information at northwaycapitalgroup at gmail.com. What I'm doing my door-to-door, knocking on them and talking to people, Ken, they are acting for a change. The current mayor has been in power for too long. He's been, I believe, I think it's five years as a regional councillor and four years as a mayor. They believe he has gone somewhat corrupted, if I can say so. You understand? So they hmm. want change. They want change. They need a mayor yeah. that can listen to them and that can work with their requests. Not someone who is free when they follow us. They believe mm-hmm. that Ajax has been so not to the developers, and they are angry. Really? I don't know if you have observed, Ken, that in Ajax, we can't even put out our, our, our banners, our platforms. Our yeah, platforms. I see that now. Yeah, yes, I saw that. Yes, yes. This was passed. Uh, this was a unanimous decision passed by council. Are you hearing me? Yep, perfect. Yeah, so we are not allowed to put out any of our posters and any of our signs. Yeah, sorry, back to back to what you were talking about. You were talking about signs, how council has passed, and we're you limiting the amount of signs the, or posters. The nominacy council has passed the no sign by law. This protects the incumbent. People like myself who is trying to get my, 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 um, my message out, I'm prohibited from doing it. That is what's called campaign and voter suppression. This should not be happening mm-hmm. in Egypt. We can do better in Egypt. Everyone has a right to have the their candidacy. We are not. We are prohibited. Yeah, I mean, that, that's too bad because I know one of, or I can't remember one of the candidates came to me and I asked them, I don't see a lot of signs up and they're saying that, oh, it was, they said it was more of an, they, they, they used the phrase, it was an environmental issue because the signs are not recyclable. You can't just take the signs and then recycle it. So it's almost like a single use kind of thing. And they, they were afraid that people would start 
you know, just before you would see them all over, not just the homes, but you would see them online uh, as you're driving past like different business. And there's like rows of signs and stuff like that. So I think there needs to be a, a middle ground between too many signs that, you know, that, that's going to take out, that's going to be, you want to be able to walk and not have to hit a sign when you're walking around. But then I don't think you need, there still needs to be signs so that people can kind of see where you're going for. So then you can either talk to them, even if they're, even if they say they're with an, with another candidate, you can still come to the door and say, I know you're, you're looks like you're leaning in this direction. What can I do? I'm, I'm looking to be married. Let's, let's chat about what, what's really bothering you and what we can do together to, to make this thing happen. Right. Ken, um, some elections have more candidates than others, than others. Uh, so you cannot control that. Right. Toronto has their signs. Pickering, you can use signs. Whitby, you can use signs. Oshawa, Clarenton, everywhere. Why Just does Ajax prohibit the use of signs? It is because mm. they are trying to steal the election by protecting the incumbent from from other candidates who are trying to, to get in. By this way, it's like, again, as I call it, it's campaign and voter suppression. That's U.S. style of politics. We don't do that here in Canada. Yeah. No, we shouldn't do that here. No, it's, it's, it's totally unfair, and it makes it hard for people like myself who are working or wants to work for the people to get my message out to the people. So this, again, favors only the incumbent. Mm-hmm. There are many there are many people who, who are quite annoyed with what Compton has done to put, to prohibit people from putting their signs out. But yet yeah. the mayor who has a lot of connection with some of the uh, the plaza owners, he can put a sign out because it's private property. We are only allowed to put signs on private property, not on any of the right. major roads at all. And, and I guess the thing too, Arthur, too, is that it's also that visual thing, right? So exactly. if, only, if, if all you see are signs for, let's say, the mayor incumbent, then if for someone who may not have any interest or knows a lot and they go in to vote, they're like, oh, well, I see a lot of signs for the current, for this person. I'm like, oh, I guess this, this person might be the best one. And they'll just, they'll vote not really knowing what the platforms are. They, they just go off of signage. They're like, well, I don't want to vote for someone who looks like there's only like one or two signs up. I'm like, well, no, exactly. I don't want to do that. I want to so, go for... So that that's my point. And again, it's called campaign and voter suppression. And that should not be allowed here in this beautiful town we call Ajax. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this then, Arthur. So what about... So now we're going to talk a little bit about the industry that you're kind of in, in, the, in you know, applying, like becoming a politician and working into that, uh, the, the, I guess, what do you call it? The campaign. So what is it a lot of people don't know, at least here in Ajax, when you're applying to do to run a municipal campaign that would surprise people to say, oh, because if they if we want to get the next generation of people that say, you know what, I want to really fight for the community, whether it's in, as a counselor, as a regional counselor, or even as the mayor, what are some details that they don't know if I want to jump my hat into this that you can kind of advise them on? Honestly, um, it's not a big deal. You just have to be a Canadian citizen with no criminal past. You have to have a, a good, uh, good police record. And basically, be one of good understanding, you will have to have lived in the community for a period of time. Um, the law states once you're living in the area at the time of the election, you're basically eligible. But I would like to see people who have lived in Ajax, who have done things for Ajax, who understand 
the citizens or the residents of Egypt so that you can know what their, their issues are. And I, I have been around here, just like I said, for well over 30, 35 years. And I, I know what needs to be fixed in Egypt. I know what Egypt uh, is, is deserving of. And I think I would make one of the actual, the best candidate to be the mayor of Egypt. Now it's time for tips from the pro. Well, that's perfect. And that, that's one of the tips from the pro thing we're, we're here right now. And so for a lot of people then who don't know a lot about council and that they're just learning, they're just trying to get into this here. So what are the different revenue generation tools a municipal government can use? I mean, we, we talked about raising taxes. Is there any other thing from a, from a management point of view as a councillor, as a mayor, what other tools does the municipality have to generate revenue uh, aside from taxes that uh, people need to know? You can attract, you can attract business in, not a business in. Like you can, you can have community, community events that would, uh, that would generate income. You can have things like bingo halls that is run by the, uh, by the town. You can, uh, have events like, uh, like, uh, craft and arts, like say, say like the indigenous, indigenous people, they can have mm-hmm. events with other people who are not familiar with their indigenous life. They can come and see what they have and they can sell their, their goods and services to, to the rest of us who are not familiar with it. The Jacks is a very diverse community. We can have diverse functions, uh, say like different cultures, uh, bring their stuff on, 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 on different and, and create, create revenue for, for the town. Uh, a small fee is, would be levied on that level so that everyone could learn and understand and, and bring their diversity. We are a beautifully diverse community. So everyone should yeah. be allowed to, to share what they bring and embrace what they bring. People from far and wide comes to, to Ajax to make it out of many one beautiful city. I'm not dumb. No, that's great. And let me ask you this in this last question for tips in the pro, and then we're going to hit the rapid fire round that we'll call it a day here, is what is your best tip? Because obviously a lot of listeners here are small business owners. Now, what tips can you give the small business owners that to be more active with the local government? So when you hear these issues, then you can target, then you can help out the small business owner. Because obviously, yep, it's nice to have the Amazons. It's nice to have all these big companies come in. But for those smaller businesses, how can we get their voices heard? So how would you help engage them to say, really come talk to your counselor or come talk to me as the mayor? Like really tell me what the issues are. Like, how do we get the, that, in, that engagement in there so we can really help out not just the residents, but also the owners of these small businesses in Ajax? Small businesses is a major strength of any economy. What needs to be done or what has not been done here in Ajax is that Business, small businesses needs to have more of a, of a communication with the council and ultimately with the mayor. I have had this business here in Ajax for many years. Never before have I, have I um, had any communication with the mayor or the councilor unless I personally go to make a complaint. They should have an open door policy whereby Small business owners can have a forum with the council and the mayor to discuss what is needed for the recognition and the advancement of small businesses here in Egypt. I think that is, that is, is grossly needed. 
I think the council needs to pay more attention to small business and advertise sometimes and be allowed to advertise on on the on the council website if there's if there's a new business, if a business is celebrating a ten year anniversary, let the residents know that the business do exist so that people would not have to go into other areas like say Whitby or in Asia. Yeah, to, like to, travel to we shop. just talked about. Yeah, I yeah, believe exactly. I believe I strongly believe in buy local. By buy by local. And I think this is something the town needs to to promote among its residents the importance or the joy in buying local. When you buy local, you keep the dollar here right here in Ajax. When you Excellent. buy outside, no, you, you you take the money from Ajax and put it into another into another municipality. So into I believe in the buy yeah. local concept. Now it's time for the rapid fire round. Exactly. Uh, excellent. So, all right, let's do the rapid fire round here. Uh, Arthur, so this is our, our last part here. We're going to cover is It's more lighthearted stuff. I know we talked a lot about serious issues and it's more like, all right, let's, let's have some more fun with these ones. So when you were 15, what did you think you would be doing right now at this age? At 15, I think I would be on some beach in the Caribbean, <laughs> drinking pina colada and, um, and enjoying my life and stuff like that. But here I am fighting for the people of Egypt. There I we had go. to abandon <laughs> my dream of living a good life in some one country or being on a cruise to, to work for the people of Egypt. Um, it, we all dream. As we yes. know, dreams don't always come true, but it's a good thing to dream because it motivates us to aspire for greatness. I believe in aiming high. And at mm-hmm. 15, at my age at 15, I always thought about aiming high. And this is why at this present time in my life, I'm running for the top job in Egypt because of my my idea of always aiming high. All right. Excellent. Amy. Hi. All right. So our last few questions here. So if there was a sandwich named after you, what would it be called and what would be in it? If there was a sandwich. A sandwich? Named after you. So you can create your own sandwich. What would be in it, and what would you call it? <laughs> it would be a sandwich of love. It would be called the Harmony Sandwich, because I believe in harmony. Ooh. I believe we all ought to work on establishing a win-win situation in life. Regardless of what troubles or tribulations that you're going through, always look for the good in people. Always look for the good in, in, in situations. So for me, I would name a sandwich... <laughs> Arthur's harmonious sandwich. Arthur's harmonious, but what would be in it though? What meat? What bread? Or what anything would you put on it? <laughs> well, I am not much of a meat eater, so I would okay. be made of, of vegetables and, and salad and, and that type of stuff. Fish and, and fish. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I know you're almost running out of time, so I'll, I'll make these last three questions really quickly. So, what is one word or phrase you 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 overuse the most? Peace. I believe in peace. peace. So you say that a lot. Okay, no, that's great. Next question. What's one subscription you cannot live without? One subscription? Yeah, so it could be whether it's a magazine, whether it's a a website subscription, it could be a streaming platform or anything like that that you cannot live without. Uh, The newspaper. newspaper. I like newspapers too. (laughs) Yeah, by reading the newspaper, I get all my information. I know about what's happening in my community, 
what's going on. So the newspaper for me is, is something that I have never really lived without. I, I love mm -hmm. reading. By reading, I think you get to learn a lot and um, you become knowledgeable and you can share your, your um, experiences to people. And um, I also believe in the next generation and preparation for the next generation. So by so doing reading, I, I become, if I may say, very knowledgeable. Very knowledgeable. And last question I ask this to all my guests. So what is your theme song, Arthur? So if that song hits, you're walking, people hear that song, they know Arthur is coming. It's an old Jamaican song called Destiny. I oh, want to move my destiny. Wow. I don't know if much people know that song, but it's a song that listen to it, speaks about um, destiny, you know. Everyone should be able to control their own destiny and not be controlled by people. And that is, uh, you know, freedom of choice, freedom of, of thought, freedom of movement. And I think that's what we need oftentimes. Oftentimes, mm -hmm. we are not free to do the things that we want to do. So therefore, you find people very angry and very discontented because they're not free to rule their destiny. And, and, and here in Egypt, when I become mayor, a lot of people will be able to work in a harmonious way and we all will establish a win-win situation. And that's what my life so, has always been, to create a win-win situation for people that I'm involved with. I can see it now, Arthur. You win the, you win to become mayor. And I can see you, first off, you're going to have, the, the, you'll change the national anthem of Ajax to Destiny for the song that you like. And I can see you serving harmony sandwiches to pretty much everyone on council. So I can see that happening right there. I, I, I should <laughs> run out to Subway Sandwich and say, name one of your sandwiches, Harmony. There you go. Make sure you get a cut of that just to make sure. So sure, sure. Where, where can, so this has been a great conversation so far, Arthur. Where can people find you and want to reach out to you and want to speak? You can, you can go to my website, votearthurgustine.com, or I can be reached on my cell at 289-314-1715. Wow, that's great. Thanks for being on the show, Arthur. It was a pleasure. Ken, thanks for having you. I've enjoyed the hour in uh, speaking with you. I have also learned from having this discussion with you, and I wish you the best of luck and success in your future endeavors. All right. That was our episode with author Augustine. And uh, it was a very interesting conversation that I had. And it, I mean, good luck to Arthur. I really hope uh, he does really well in this mayoral race and we'll see how he goes. But I think the two nuggets that I remember hearing in this episode was one, you know, you can never really be too educated. Uh, I think what, was, what made Arthur's unique, sorry, what made Arthur's story very unique is that he was very laser focused on what he wanted to learn. And he didn't just you know, spent hours on YouTube and maybe getting some mixed signals of different types of information for a subject matter he's interested in, he actually went straight to school. He wanted to learn some, he wanted to learn subject A, went to school for it, went to subject B, go to school for that. And like we said, we don't have to mean school spending thousands upon thousands of dollars on these, on these courses. Uh, maybe even something like you said, taking a, an online Udemy course, that's only like 20 bucks, but just something that really helps, you know, expand your mindset. So you can really feel more informed about what you're trying to do uh, for your business. I think the second thing that really made it uh, very interesting for Arthur is that he always enjoys talking to people. Now, we should enjoy that as a small business owner, even if you're in the e-commerce business. But I think the goal is, is that you need to be well first with dealing with different kinds of people, clients, prospects, whatever you want to call it. So actually being there and, and engaging with your community is one of those best 
better prospects that you have. So what does that mean? What you can do? Well, obviously, we can reach out to all the all your engagements through social media. But I think we can also do is reach out to your local politicians. Now, I'm not trying to say go in there, try to become the right hand person to them and so you have undue influence on them. But what I'm saying is, is that engage with them, especially learn all the laws or certain rules that may operate in your municipality or your city or province or state so that you can talk to them about issues that affect your particular business. And Really go and in, go into it to, to say show up at events that that these politicians are holding. Really try to find some time to talk to them, whether it's an email or visiting them during their campaign office, and just talking to them and just try to understand what their approach is, what are their goals to try to help the small business community in your area. Just so that you're you're known to them, so that if you do reach out to them, if you engage with them enough, they'll they'll remember you like that. It's kind of, I use the analogy of when you have something wrong, let's say with your cell phone. Would you rather call a 1-800 number and talk to a generic customer service person? Or if you find, if you know somebody who actually is a customer service person, would you call them directly? It's the same thing with your politi- your, your local, municipal, provincial, state politicians. So keep that in mind. So anyways, guys, that was a very uh, fun episode that I had with Arthur. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to it as, we record, as I enjoy recording it. And we'll see you on the next one.